Good evening. A president gets the jab. The WHO says no to a third dose, even as initial vaccinations fade in the face of new variants. And Governor Cuomo hunkers down. We talked to a lawyer for one of his alleged victims. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, August 8th, 2021. And Israel's Iron Dome anti-missile system reportedly shot down 10 rockets fired by Hezbollah from southern Lebanon on Friday. On Wednesday, Israel launched its first attack on Lebanese soil since the 2006 war between the two countries. The attacks have been limited to uninhabited areas, and the Hezbollah rockets hit the Shibis farm area, where the Lebanese claim, which the Lebanese claim is their own territory, although it's occupied by Israel's military. Both Hezbollah and the Israeli government claim they don't want war and are sending messages to each other. The rocket fire comes at a time of increasing tensions in the area, but neither country can afford a war, with the Lebanese government risking a total collapse as its country faces an internal economic and political crisis and Israel coming off of a fight with Gaza just a few weeks ago. And wearing his trademark peasant farmer's wide-brimmed hat, Peru's president was immunized with the dose of the Chinese-made COVID vaccine known as Sinopharm. President Pedro Castillo thanked the country's medical personnel and pointed out that it's time to guarantee our life. In a short speech afterwards, Castillo added... La dosis ya ha sido inmunizado con esta primera dosis el presidente de la República, Pedro Castillo Terrones, aquí en San Juan del Urigancho. Porque es el momento de garantizar nuestra vida, es el momento de garantizar la salud. He says, I have come to get vaccinated with the Sinopharm vaccine because I have faith not only in this one, but in all vaccines. I call on all Peruvian brothers and sisters to prioritize this right to health. Castillo also reminded Peruvians to get their second dose of the vaccine, observing that complying with the second dose, we will have counteracted the third wave that has been threatening us. He also mentioned vacuum Vacunaton, a 60-hour immunization day that will be held in metropolitan Lima. Castillo said, in our government, health is going to be a fundamental issue, as will education and agriculture. In related news, on Tuesday, Peru's Foreign Affairs Minister Hector Bejar announced that his country would withdraw from the Lima Group, which supported the Venezuelan opposition against the government of Venezuela in 2019. Conservative politicians and former presidents from Peru, Mexico, Bolivia, and Argentina formed the Lima Group to support U.S. political aims in Latin America. Bejar also announced that Peru will return to the Union of South American Nations and strengthen the community of Latin American and Caribbean states and the Andean community of nations. He says Peru's foreign affairs will be focused on the region. And the United States government's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, said today that he was hopeful the Food and Drug Administration will give full approval to the coronavirus vaccine. The FDA has only granted emergency use approval of the Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson vaccines, but the agency is expected to soon give full approval to Pfizer. The news comes as President Joe Biden says there's been a significant increase in Americans getting the jab. I'm pleased to report the past week we've seen the first time vaccinations in America go up by 4 million people getting back, 4 million shots. That's more than we've seen in a long time. 
I want to thank the governors. I listened to the governor of Maryland today on the on the television. He's doing a heck of a job. Democratic governors as well. Republican governors. They're getting the word out. Federal workers will be asked to attest to their vaccination status. Anyone who does not attest or is not vaccinated will be required to wear a mask no matter where they work. There will be more to come in the days ahead. The American Rescue Plan was built knowing the recovery would take time, that there would be ups and downs. President Biden, the administration has stated that the federal government will not mandate vaccinations beyond the federal workforce. But Fauci, who is Biden's chief medical advisor, said mandates at the local level need to be done to help curb the spread of the virus. Fauci's comments come as the Biden administration is weighing what levers it can push to encourage more unvaccinated Americans to get their shots as the Delta variant surges through much of the United States. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization says the lack of adequate vaccine supplies to poor nations is the biggest threat to recovery from the pandemic. WHO Director General Tedros, uh, Dr. Tedros Adnam says while the resources are fully in place to vaccinate the rich countries of the G20, poor nations are facing a crisis. The countries have now administered almost 100 doses for every 100 people. Meanwhile, Low-income countries have only been able to administer 1.5 doses for every 100 people due to lack of supply. We need an urgent reversal from the majority of vaccines going to high-income countries to the majority going to low-income countries. The G20 has a vital leadership role to play as the countries that are the biggest producers, the biggest consumers, and the the biggest donors of COVID-19 vaccines. The course of the pandemic depends on the leadership of the G20. At the same time, we must all remember that vaccines are not the only tool. Indeed, there is no single tool that will defeat the pandemic. We can only defeat it with a comprehensive approach of vaccines in combination with the proven public health and social measures that we know work. Dr. Tedros Adnam, he announced the WHO is calling for a moratorium against a third booster shot of vaccines, even as data is flowing in that a third shot may be necessary to keep up immunity in the face of new variants. The senior advisor to the WHO, Director General, is Dr. Bruce Aylward. What we're calling for is for at least the next two months is a complete global solidarity around the goal of catching up the rest of the world in terms of its immunization coverage. For those who've decided that they may want to use booster doses, etc., trying to put a hold on those policies until and unless we get the rest of the world caught up. Because we have to approach this, as the Director General has said from the very beginning, we're in a pandemic. The entire world is in the middle of this, and as we've seen from the emergence of variant after variant, we cannot get out of it unless the whole world gets out of it together. Dr. Bruce Elward is senior advisor to the WHO director general. The goal of vaccination, the grail, is called herd immunity. When enough people are vaccinated, protect those who can't or won't get the jab. WHO's head of immunization is Dr. Catherine O'Brien. So the question of herd immunity is really this question of are people who are 
non-immune, who don't have vaccination or who don't have immunity from natural infection, um, do they have protection um, from disease simply because they're living in and amongst um, people who themselves are immune? And so there's no one number. It's not, a, it's not a yes there is or no there isn't. It's the degree to which there might be some protection for non-immune people. And that is totally dependent on how transmissible a virus is. We don't actually know what the value is, what the number is of the proportion of people who need to be immune in order to provide some protection to those who haven't been vaccinated or who aren't immune because they haven't had natural um, infection. But as we see the expansion of variants that are more transmissible, it does mean that with more transmissibility of the virus, the need for a greater proportion of the population to be vaccinated in order to start to provide some herd immunity is needed. So this is a number that continues to be something of interest. We know that it's going to be a value proportion vaccinated that's going to be substantial. Those are really sort of questions that we can continue to look at. But what's very clear is that we should be advancing the vaccine program. WHO's head of immunization, Dr. Catherine O'Brien, and Dr. Mike Ryan, another top WHO official, says we just don't know how many people need to get vaccinated. But he says with variants, it's going to be a lot of people. We don't know where that value lies in COVID. It depends on how transmissible the virus is, as Kate outlined. And we're seeing more transmissible variants arising. So that factor is dynamic. It also depends on the vaccine efficacy, the efficacy of the vaccine in an individual. And we know that varies by person and it can vary by the type of vaccine used. We also know that the length of protection, how long the community stays protected by a given vaccine, will also have an impact on the overall protection within the community. And again, we don't have long-term data on the overall length of protection and hence the discussion on boosters and many other things. The likely number of proportion of the community that will need to be vaccinated in order to protect those who can't or won't be vaccinated is going to be much higher maybe than what we suspected originally. This virus is proving to be a worthy adversary in that regard. Dr. Mike Ryan, meanwhile, the United States, deep in its own problems of getting vaccine-hesitant people to get their shots, says it's been the world's biggest supplier of vaccines, President Biden, earlier this week. Those countries that have been able to cover their population and have the ability to provide either dollars and or vaccine for the hundred or so poor nations that need help should do so. We had that discussion at the G7. A number of those countries said they were going to do that. Some have followed through. The point I was making is, though, I've kept the commitment, we've kept the commitment that we would do what we said, which is more than all the rest of the countries combined thus far. And Dr. Aylward of the WHO says half a billion doses have been promised. There have been some important announcements about uh, an additional 500 million doses of Pfizer vaccine will be going through the uh, COVAX facility as a result of a deal between COVAX, Pfizer, and the United States government, which has been a hugely important development for countries with the lowest coverage right now, the AMC countries. There's also a deal in place with Moderna that will be supplying vaccine coming into the fourth quarter through procurement by COVAX, and we've already had donations 
again through the U.S. government of Moderna vaccine to COVAX. So both products very much part of the overall diversification, let's say, of the uh, COVAX portfolio and the armamentarium that we have. Senior Advisor to the WHO Director General, Dr. Bruce Aylward. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Governor Andrew Cuomo could face a misdemeanor charge if an investigation being conducted by the Albany County Sheriff's Office determines he groped a woman working in his office. That's according to Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple yesterday. Apple outlined the next steps his office will take investigating the criminal complaint level against Cuomo as part of the sexual harassment and misconduct scandal that's now engulfing his administration and threatening his future in elected office. Basically, on Wednesday, August 4th, at approximately 8.30 p.m., I received a call from a local attorney. He indicated that he had a female client um, who wished to come forward and file an allegation of criminal conduct against the governor. I cannot get into the nature of um, her specific allegations at this time, obviously. We're in the very infant stages of this investigation. We have a lot of fact-finding to do. We have interviews to conduct. And it would be totally premature for me to comment on any of that. I cannot release any documents at this time um, as per agreement with our district attorney, David Soares. She filed a formal report alleging criminal conduct against the governor. The conduct was sexual in nature. The meeting at that point commences the investigative process for the Albany County Sheriff's Office. Um, The meeting was not lengthy. The meeting was more about explaining the process of the criminal justice system and what to expect going forth. I cannot go into any detail from there. I can tell you that we've reached out to the Attorney General's office and their uh, private counsel assigned requesting investigative material that will aid us in going forward. And, um, And that's where we are today. Albany County Sheriff Craig Apple Several local prosecutors, including Albany County District Attorney David Soros and Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance, have criminal investigations into Cuomo's behavior. Last week, an attorney for the governor said the allegations were entirely political. Attorney Rita, I know the difference between putting a case together against a target versus doing independent fact-finding with an open mind. And there has been no open-minded fact-finding in this case. The investigation was conducted to support a predetermined narrative. On Tuesday, the Attorney General and the investigators called a press conference. And within minutes of that very carefully choreographed press conference, there were calls for the governor to step down. This was not an exercise in truth finding. Based on the limited information we've been given access to, there are contrary facts and omissions from that report. And you have to ask yourselves why. And that's attorney Rita Glavin. A lawyer who represents a woman who alleges she was touched and kissed by Governor Cuomo is Gloria Allred. Her client, Sherry Ville, is 55 years old and a resident of New York State, a businesswoman, a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. She's been married for more than 30 years and has three children. Allred says she was shocked when she became the victim of the governor's unwelcome and unconsented to physical contact with her. Alleged that the governor came to visit her home in New York State 
after her home and others in her area suffered flood damage to the home, the governor came to visit in her neighborhood, actually held a press conference outside of her neighbor's home, and that the staff then asked if the governor could come inside of her home to visit Sherry's home. She said yes. The governor came in. Her husband was there. Her son was there. Neighbor was there inside the home. According to Sherry, grabbed her and kissed her. Didn't ask her consent. Didn't ask for permission. Did grab her and kiss her inside of her home. The governor left the home, and but first calling her beautiful, according to Sherry. When he came around from examining the outside of her home, he saw her again. This time, again, he grabbed her, did not ask her permission or her consent. Both times she was holding her little dog in one of her hands. He took her other hand, pulled her to him, according to Sherry, and then kissed her. Europeans kiss people on the cheek all the time and sometimes... Well, actually, what he said, Paul, was this is what Italians do. Right. But my client, Sherry Ville, is Italian. And she come and her family is Italian. And she has said this is not what her Italian family does. They do kiss other family members when they greet them. They do not kiss complete strangers. They do not grab the face of other people's wives, grab them, pull them to them, and kiss them. That's not what Italians do, according to Sherry. What goes on in men's heads from your experience that is behind this kind of behavior? I'm not a psychologist, so I don't talk about what goes on in other people's heads. But I do talk about the impact on the victim. And the impact on her was very, very disturbing. And by the way, not long after that encounter, that incident, that battery... Uh, She was contacted by a member of the governor's staff who informed her in a voicemail the governor was returning to her neighborhood and would she like to attend an event with the governor. Uh, We, by the way, have that voicemail. What is the real crime here? What is the thing he really could pay a lot over here? What did he do that was wrong? What is wrong is that He demonstrated an arrogance of power, a sense of entitlement, a sense that he could do whatever he wanted to whomever he wanted, whenever he wanted. I don't care if a person is a governor, a president of the United States, a mayor, an employer, uh, which, by the way, he is of a huge state uh, workforce in New York. Everybody needs to respect the dignity and the bodily space of other people and not just touch them, grab them because they want to and because they can. That is not okay. He is a lawyer and he knows better, okay? Uh, And he just did it because he could and he thought and he rationalized it perhaps Uh, But no rationalization is going to spare him from the consequences of what he did. He used his power, his prestige, his influence to take advantage of people who were vulnerable, whether they were state employees or members of the public that he was visiting, such as Sherry Bill. 
And now his power is not going to shield him from the consequences of his wrongful acts. But he's no Bill Clinton. I mean, Bill Clinton really, you know, he got away with it and got to be president for years later and got reelected. And he took it to a higher level, even than this guy. Well, with with President Clinton, it was not sexual harassment because it was welcome. What he did was welcome to Monica Lewinsky. If it were unwelcome, it would have been sexual harassment. What he did to my client, Sherryville, was unwelcome. Okay. According to the others who have spoken out, who are in the report, that what he did to them was not welcome. That's different. He can't just do it because he's a powerful man. If he does do it, then he has to face the consequences as anyone else does. And now he's facing those consequences big time. He's the governor. There's nobody really below him that he can date or anything. Who, who? You know, he needs to be a role model for what employers should be doing in the workplace and outside of the workplace. It isn't a matter of extremes. It's a matter of what the law allows. And the law does not allow him to do this without consequences. And that's as simple as that. Your advice to men. The fact that he did it for many years, according to him, at least to members of the public, and the fact that he may, in his own head, if it's true, think it was an innocent gesture or for good reason because he's comforting people, does not justify it. Because we have to look at it from the person who was the victim of it or the subject or the target of his conduct or misconduct. And from Sherry's point of view, she didn't welcome it. If he had asked her, she would have said no. He didn't ask her. And that's why it was upsetting to her, because it's not something that she would have allowed had he asked her. Sherry Ville says she'll testify against the governor of Ast. Attorney Allred has a word of advice for men seeking to avoid legal complications in their love lives. Keep your hands and your lips to yourself. Scores of Democrats, including President Joe Biden, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and some past Cuomo loyalists have urged him to leave office or face an impeachment battle he probably cannot win. About two thirds of state assembly members have already said they favored impeachment trial if he refuses to resign. Nearly all 63 members of the state Senate have called for Cuomo to step down or be removed. And that's from the news for Sunday, August 8th, 2021. The news producer, Linda Perry, our engineer is Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.